You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, before I start, I, I just want us to thank God as we l- witnessed that video for the life of Jackson, that little boy. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many of you remember, but Susie and Rick Baumgartner's little grandson, their first grandson years ago, was very ill. Um, and, and the church rose up in prayer, and he is a healthy, bright boy now who just turned 12. So um, we, have, we have that in our DNA to be praying, praying for these little ones to be raised up. So, Father, we just agree in the name of Jesus with all of our brothers and sisters that Jackson will grow up to carry your name, that he will have a mantle of power and authority in the earth today. And we thank you, Father, for sparing his life in such a miraculous way that you receive all the glory. And the people said, Dynamite. (laughs) All right. Well, this morning, I'm going to talk to you from a passage that God shared with me many years ago from Isaiah. But I want to start this morning by telling you this is an unfinished story. It's an unfinished journey because I am still on it. So there are going to be parts of it that are a little vague because I don't quite know how this is going to look in the end. But I've been on it a long time, and I want to share part of this journey with you. So, Lord, I just pray you'd come now and that you would anoint these words. Father, they're not my words, they're yours. And that they would come to the heart of all who hear. That you will bring life as your word brings life. I just have a sense that there, the Holy Spirit is just brooding over hearts at this moment, not just here in this place, but also to whoever would hear this on the podcast. The Holy Spirit is hovering. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so many years ago, when I was still working as a nurse, So that's been a lot of years ago. I began to sense that the Lord was stirring something new in me. And it was so new and so off the charts that it scared me. And uh, I didn't know what to do with it at first. And so I kind of started to cry out to God and repent because I just wasn't sure what was going on. And that always seems like a good place to start. But God began to refine what he was sharing with me. And so the first example he gave me, and I don't have a, I don't have a, a screen a shot for this, but is from Genesis 12:1, where the Lord spoke to Abram and said, I want you to leave your father's country and your father's family 
and I want you to go to a new land that I'm going to show you. Well, that's quite an order for a 75-year-old, wasn't it? And so Abram started out. And we know from the account in Genesis, that was kind of a journey, wasn't it? And he had a lot of little hitches along the way. But he continued on in faith. Now, when we move on in faith, my glasses, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Michelle Dibdon is loaning me her glasses. <laughs> And Michelle Dibdahl did my slides, she and Anne, so I just want to publicly thank them for that gift. But God said to Abraham, leave your country and family. He is saying, I want you to leave all that's familiar. And so he mentioned country and family. But he can say that to us, to leave the things that you have been accustomed to up to this point. Of course, my first thought, and why I began to maybe repent in a repentive posture, is because I wasn't sure I'd heard God. How many of you have ever experienced that, where you've heard God, but you're not sure you've heard God? How many? Oh, good, there's some people who understand that. And so I began my first tentative steps in faith. And that's about the time that God brought this verse to me. Susie, if you'll throw that first slide up, thank you. This is from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, and we're going to look at more of those verses in a little while. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And so that caught, my, that caught me right away, because God was saying to me, I know this is out there. I know this is out of your comfort zone, but... My thoughts and my ways are way above yours. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so I clung to that as I continued on. Now, I want to stop here and just have you think with me about some of the other patriarchs, some of the other saints who've gone before us who've walked this same kind of a journey. Um, Noah comes to mind. What did God tell Noah? To build an ark because it was going to rain. Now that was outside of Noah's experience, wasn't it? Do you think Noah pondered that for a while and talked with his family? Do you think, what's this mean? Do you think God spoke that? But you know what? The Bible says in Genesis 6, and Noah did all the Lord commanded him to do. And so as he started building that ark, God began to bring a little more revelation and a little more revelation for the path ahead. And I have found that true for myself, too, that as God brings a word, as I, as I, as I test the spirit of it, and as I think it's God and begin to move forward in faith, God's faithful to continue to open up little, kind of like some of the things Dave said last week, kind of opens up some revelation. Okay, go here. Now go here. Now go here. As I take that step of faith. And so I think that was very surely what happened to Noah and his wife and family. And so the next character I want us to look at is Moses. And I'm using that word character very intentionally because I think Moses was a character. I've often accused my husband, Mike, of being a Moses character. 
So Moses is raised in Pharaoh's court in Egypt. He's going to inherit the kingdom there, we think. I mean, I'm sure that's part of the deal there. But when he gets to be a young man, he has an altercation with an Egyptian and kills the Egyptian. And then he becomes fearful for his life, and he leaves. He leaves Pharaoh's court and all the riches and glory, and he crosses the desert to a place called Midian. Say that word with me. Midian. Midian. And there he meets Jethro, who was a priest in that area. And guess what? Jethro had seven daughters. Yeah, you know Moses is going to have to marry one of them, right? So Moses marries, and he becomes a shepherd man. When you think of Moses, you don't think about him being a shepherd man, do you? You think of his deliverance of the children of Israel. But he was a shepherd man for many, many years. And then one day while he was out, and you know this story, he was out tending the sheep, and he sees a bush that is burning. And as he draws closer, he knows the bush is not being consumed by the fire. And the Lord says, take your sandals off, for you are on holy ground. And sometimes as God leads us in these unusual pathways of faith, it is a place, it is a path of holiness. It is a path of holy ground. It's a path of holy purpose. And so we know the story. Moses was called of God to go rescue the Hebrews from Egypt. Ah, big deal. Nah. Be glad to do it, God. I'm your man. That is not what Moses said, is it? Moses said, God, why me? I, I, I can't do this. I, I can't speak. And again, God's calling him out of the familiar, out of his comfort zone. Now, I think that would be a huge step to go rescue a people down in another country, don't you? So we can see that God does call us. He calls each and every one of us. You know, Ephesians 2.10 talks about the fact that God has saved and created a specific purpose for us. And so we see these kind of unusual, peculiar calls on some of our saints. And so there's biblical precedence, and that gives me huge comfort as I continue to walk a path of faith, that I'm simply joining the cloud of witnesses who's gone before me. And there's one more person I would like us to look at, and God really used this person to speak to me a lot. And that's Jesus' mother, Mary. A blessed Mary. A 13 or 14-year-old young woman who becomes betrothed to a man named Joseph. And one day, the angel of the Lord appears and says, Mary, you have found great favor with God. And the scripture says that Mary, that kind of terrified Mary. She wasn't sure what kind of a message this was. And then the angel told her that she was going to become pregnant with the Son of God and that she should call his name Jesus. Now, is that a huge step out of the comfort zone? That's way down the path, isn't it? Because here was a young woman in a Jewish culture 
where pregnancy outside of wedlock was a grave matter. And so, of course, then her intended betrothed Joseph had his own consternation. What am I going to do? No, this isn't my child. What am I going to do, Lord? And the scriptures say in Matthew that he had a mind to put her away quietly. But the angel of the Lord visited and said, Joseph, don't be afraid. This conception in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. Those are the kind of words we need, right? Specific revelation, specific guidance to go down that path that seems way out of our comfort zone, way out of that which is familiar. So from these examples, then, I think we can draw some conclusions. At least these are some of the things I have found as I've walked this peculiar path with God. Very exciting, because I think what God keeps telling me is that it's new. It will be a new land that will be full of abundance and provision, and that I am going to Shine for Jesus in this land. I, that's, I, I don't know a whole lot of other detail. So, number one, God's call is certain. When he calls, it's a certain thing. It's a done deal as far as he's concerned. It can be way out there. But as people of God, we test the spirits. We get counsel from our spouses, counsel from our, our pastors, counsel from those around us with whom we are walking a faith journey. This call must be appropriated and walked out by faith because we can't really see, we don't really know the whole picture. So we step out toward it in faith. And we have to have total reliance on God and trust that he's not setting us up for failure or shame. I mean, what, would, what purpose would that serve? But he is setting us up for victory. Victory. Say that word with me. Victory. And that's, that's what we've been praying about with for Margaret. As her Disease processes have tried to rear their heads again. We're saying no. Jesus has already won the victory. Amen? Amen. 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 Jesus has won the victory. And God has set her up for victory. We want to pray that God will protect this victory, this testimony. And so God is setting us up for victory, but it's also for his purpose. He has a plan in all of this. It's going to bring him much glory. I mean, if we look back to Noah and to Moses that we were talking about earlier, Abraham, Abra Abram and Abraham, we can see that all that they went through was for the glory of God and for his extension of the kingdom into the earth. And so if God calls us out on kind of what seems like a peculiar thing, he has a plan, and we can rest in that. 
oh, God has the plan. He needs me to be obedient. He needs to be, me to be faithful. He has told me before as I've journaled, believe, only believe. I think we've heard that in scripture, haven't we? Believe, only believe, Jesus used to say. So my journey now is I'm still on pilgrimage, and that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm on pilgrimage because I don't quite yet know where I'm going to end up. So I'm, I'm walking on in faith. And God has built people around me to help me in that walk. I'm still in process, headed for what, is, what God's called the new, the better. And these are a couple of the traveling instructions I feel like he gave me. Number one, Philippians 3, 12 through 14, which I, I forgot to make a slide on. But summarized, that scripture says, press on, strain forward to the prize to which Jesus Christ has called you. So we don't want to look back. We want to look forward, and we want to keep moving forward. We want to press on, press into God. The second one, Isaiah 43, 19. And Mike Mulvaney, I thought about you. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And if we're so back, if we're so involved in looking back or looking at what really is our familiar or what is really our comfortable zone, we're not looking forward and pressing into God. We might miss what God is showing us, what God is doing. What God is doing. That's where we want to be, right? Right where God is. And that's one thing our pastor has been talking to us about for years. Let's be a people of his presence. A people of his presence see. A people of his presence hear. A people of his presence press on. Say that with me. Press on. Again. Press on. All right. Good. The third instruction I feel like God has shown me is take a risk. You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to make a conscious decision to step outside your comfort zone, to step outside what you think things should look like. I think that can be terrifying at first, especially if it's kind of out there. And my first thought was, again, have I heard God? Also involved in this kind of a journey is suffering. There is suffering when we step out in faith. I, I can't sugarcoat that. That is part of the faith walk. And you've all experienced that. This is not an easy walk here in this earth to follow Christ. And so as we suffer, I felt like God said to me one day, in the fire of suffering... Your heart becomes molded to mine. And in that moment is the revelation of God. That's when he speaks and shows you the things that maybe you wouldn't have heard on another path. But he's speaking that truth that is relevant for you at this time.
five. And Susie, if you put up the next slide, Anne's slide. No, put, I'm sorry, put out the one that's 2714. Yeah, thanks. I borrowed this from Anne. I asked her if we could use it. This kind of a faith journey, as do all faith journeys really, involves waiting. But not passive waiting, as Anne was speaking to us about. But it involves active waiting. And what do we do? Just read that to yourself a minute. Psalm 27, verse 14, and Anne used the uh, Passion Translation. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. In other words, press on and persevere. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Our relationship, we're, we're, we're all held in the embrace of God. And, and, and certainly on a journey like this, we want to be arm in arm with God walking down the way, right? Sometimes when I feel like I desperately need something from the Lord, I'll see he and I walking down the path hand in hand. Be brave and be courageous. It takes courage, doesn't it? To step out in faith. Hang on to hope. That's one thing Anne really spoke to us about. Hang on to hope. How many times do you think Abram or Noah or Moses began to slip into hopelessness? How do you think Mary and Joseph managed as they became married and were pregnant. It takes courage. But they had the hope that God said the baby in Mary's womb was going to be the Savior, the Messiah. That's something to hope for, right? That's something to hang on to. And as we walk and as we press into God, he's going to give us that same kind of encouragement. It may come through a sister calling. I know Ada Margaret sent me a card a few weeks ago and it came at the exact right time. It said the exact right thing. And my heart was deeply encouraged. How many times I've stopped by Lisa's and she sends me home with a flower. You know, I come in and Michelle has a little note for me. Those kinds of things are God's encouragement to us to keep on keeping on. Say that with me. Keep on keeping on. That, that doesn't sound very enthusiastic, guys. <laughs> Do that again. Keep on keeping on. That's right. So as I conclude here, uh, Susie, would you put up the first slide again, the Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, one more time. So again, let's read this together, because I really want you to get this inside your soul. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What God promises, we take as in faith. He promises as we go along his presence. Don't be afraid, he says, I'm with you. How many times has that been repeated in the Bible over and over? In the Old Testament, 
God saying to Joshua after Moses died, don't be afraid. I know I'm asking you to take all these people across that flooded river, but don't be afraid. Oh, okay, God. Because why? I am with you. So on these faith walks, God promises his presence. We have his surefire word that it will not be invalidated. And I'm going to read that. I forgot to make a slide for that, but let's follow on down. If you're on one of your devices, Isaiah 55, we'll pick it up in 10. And as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth so that it makes the bud to grow and yield seed for the sower, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. And I'm hanging on to that for dear life. So again, kind of repeating here, but when he calls us out, he promises his presence and he gives us this word, whatever word he has spoken to your heart, that's going to come out and serve his purposes. It's not going to return to him void. It's not going to just fall to the earth. But it is going to fulfill the purpose for which he is sending it. And if we have doubts about that, look at the beautiful word that came forth in Jesus. He was the word that came forth. So his word will not be invalidated in any way. And then, Susie, that last slide, please. Slide three, I think it is. The one who walks obedient to his call, and this is Isaiah 55, 11 and 12. No, I'm sorry, 12 and 13. There are going to be some earmarks in this kind of a journey. You are going to go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Even creation is going to celebrate, is my interpretation of that next verse. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I tried to picture that. But in this walk, as it comes forth in fullness, there is going to be joy and peace there's going to be celebration. And in the next part, instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. There's going to be life. Life is going to flourish in this new place. Now, we may not know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but we know we have the word of the Lord, that the word is going to be fulfilled and that it is going to bring new life. And then the very last one, and this will be for the Lord's renown, his fame, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And I am praying that when I get to my new, that will be an everlasting sign in the earth, a memorial to the Lord that cannot be refuted. Right. So as, as, as I finish up now, for sure now I'm going to finish up. As I've journeyed along here, I, I felt like the Lord gave me what I used to call a confession of faith, but now it, it seems more like a, a declaration, and Rick's been teaching us and leading us in declaration. So I'm going to share part of this with you. I've never done this before, so this is, um, this is special. And here's how it goes. 
Lord, you who are faithful are completing the work you've started in me. And this work which you are finishing is to your glory. It is without depth, without breadth, without height, for it is all in all of you. Therefore, in this day, I choose to receive and to walk in your joy, which is my strength. And I will enter the land whole and healthy, strong and able, aglow with you, vibrant with your love, to accomplish every purpose you have for me. And I say that almost every day. And that came up out of many of the words that the Lord has brought. And so I feel like I'm praying back his word to him when I make that declaration. So, Father, let your spirit fall on any and all who are on their own journeys today. A journey that you yourself have set their feet to. A faith that has said, yes, Lord. Even in this moment, bring comfort, bring peace, bring affirmation and confirmation. Let your word rise up in each heart. The word of the Lord that is tried and true that will not fail, but will accomplish every purpose you have sent it for. And we pray this fervently, Lord, with hearts yielded to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just want to share something real quick. Um, Linda, I, I want to encourage you that as you're on this journey, you're already walking in what it is the Lord has called you to. Thank you, Chief. Because 20 years ago, when I didn't even know you, I was new here at this church. You, you actually weren't attending here at the time. I went to a woman's retreat and Linda was the speaker at that retreat. I was part of the worship team as a, a backup singer. Another one of the ladies who was attending church at that time was leading the worship and um, Linda came around, she made sure that she took time for each one of the ladies that were at that retreat, and there were quite a few. And she prayed over us, and as she began to pray over me, she said, you know, I don't know you, but I know that the Lord has called you to lead worship, and that as you sing, the words of the Lord will flow from your mouth as gold, and they will bring healing to hearts. And not saying that I'm all the way there either, but I I couldn't even begin to tell you what what Linda taught about at that retreat. But I can tell you almost word for word exactly what she 
prophesied over me. Thank you, and Father. Many times as I've begun and grown very close with you, the Lord has used you to speak truth over my life, over my heart, over my family, and over this body in general. So I just want to encourage you in that. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.